0: 15. Respect all, fear none. Into the upper deck. Intensity is not a perfume. Oh my goodness. 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Welcome into the Mass and All Access podcast brought to you by Toyota. For legendary safety and reliability, choose Toyota and let's go places. Welcome into to our and Web Studio. Bobby Blanco, Amy Jennings coming at you live on the and Nationals Facebook page and YouTube channel. Hopefully you're tuning in, commenting along, making yourself a part of our conversation throughout this afternoon, or you're checking us out after the fact on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, wherever you get podcasts, <laughs> you should be subscribed to the and All Access podcast. Amy, how's your week been?
1: It's been pretty good so far. I think it's kind of going quickly. Today's Just depressing. Oh, it's disgusting. I mean, just miserable. It took everything I had to get out of bed, (laughs) to get in the shower, to get out of the house, but we made it.
0: I would not mind this weather in mid-January or late January if it was actually snow. But freezing and cold rain is no fun for anybody. Snow's fun. Cold and freezing gonna is not... Are going to get snow? I don't, I don't think. I guarantee if we do, it's going to be like in the middle of spring training. Yeah.
1: It'll yeah. be like the second week of March.
0: Yeah. Or like St. Patrick's Day. I, always, I, I, th- I think I told this story before, but like <laughs> my senior year at Maryland, uh, my spring break was shoveling snow out of my parents' driveway because it snowed literally mid-March that year. <laughs> so I feel like we're just going to get... As long as it's not April...
1: Yeah. Oh,
0: no, no, no. <laughs> Opening oh, day no. snow We would be sending In DC? shipping that right back Yeah, come on. From. We're not Minnesota or, or Denver. Um, yeah, it'd be One big easy. snow would be
1: nice. Yeah,
0: one, I, I do appreciate one big snow a year, and then, and then I'm we good. Can be done with it. Yeah, and then we can get into baseball. Yeah. We are less than three weeks away from spring training. Um, fe- uh, February 14th, Valentine's Day is the Nationals' first official day of reporting to West Palm Beach, and our first official workout, I believe, is the 15th. So that's pretty exciting. Mm-hmm. Um, hope some warm uh, thoughts are coming our way from West Palm Beach. Um, so, we want to get into you know, we've talked a lot about this offseason, the various moves and roster additions the Nationals have made so far. So, we want to discuss with this roster basically being set mm-hmm. are they better, worse, or the same? Um, from last year, but real quick, just, an opening topic, um, you know, I want, I want to get to last night, Tuesday night was the hall of fame announcement for, uh, for all of baseball and only Scott Rowland was elected at 76.3% of the votes. Todd Helton was next at 72.2%. So he should get in next year. Congratulations to Scott Rowland. I'm sure everyone saw that video of him telling his parents that he's a Hall That's of Famer, awesome. which is very touching and heartwarming. Um, you know, I'm, I, The Hall of Fame is not exciting for me anymore. It's just, I'm so over it, all the conversations and stuff about it. It's not going to be exciting again for, like, another 10 years when, like, the best of the last decade, and we're done with the steroid era, um, are starting to get, like, the Max Scherzers, the Justin Verlander, stuff like that.
1: It seemed like this year, thankfully, it was a little bit less of a topic. I mean, it's not, I mean, those guys are still in the picture, so it's going to continue to be a topic, Mm -hmm. you know, at least for the next decade, but it seemed like it was less of a deal this year don't you think yeah last year the year before that it it was a much bigger conversation but it's it's in the conversation every year. And I think it takes away from the excitement of the other guys, yeah. you know, who weren't involved in steroids and, you know, the tension gets taken away from them. W- but I always think it's really cool to see uh, how the writers vote. I always like to read Mark Zuckerman's ballot, um, you know, why he chose to vote for guys, why he chose not to vote for di- for guys. So I think that adds a little bit of excitement. I like to go through um, different writers lists and, and mm-hmm. see kind of their take on it.
0: It was interesting Speaking of steroids, but another form of cheating in Carlos Beltran right. being the first member of the 2017 Astros to be included, and and you should definitely go check out Mark's ballot and expl- explanation of his ballot on Massinsports.com. He had it up last night or Tuesday night after the announcement, but he mentioned like you know if you're against steroids, you can't be against other. Or other forms of cheating, yeah, it can't cheating, be. You yeah. can't be for other forms of cheating, and he was also mentioned. You know, it's one thing if Carlos Beltran was just you know a part of the team, but he was the ringleader. He was kind of the mastermind behind the whole thing and helped you know everyone else on that team participate. So, I mean, he was hired as the Mets manager and fired. What? Two days later, PEDs, yeah, know. and so, you know, if you're against PEDs, you can't be for someone, even though his career might have said he probably should have got in, and that was the last year, I believe, of his career, to, you know, it's Do almost, you how much do you hold that against him? But he was the mastermind, you know?
1: And it's almost worse. Like, yeah, PEDs yeah. are cheating, but, like, you're just cheating yourself. You know, like, yeah. you're doing it for your own personal gain, but that that is a whole cheating scandal. Yeah. Like I think that's even bigger. Like I, even bigger
0: than that ended up in a World Series championship. You right, know it exactly. altered the entire season of right. baseball, pretty much.
1: And it kind of puts a damper on other players' careers too that were involved in it. I mean, their own fault for being involved in it, but mm-hmm. still, it's it, it might be a, end up being a bigger deal than we think.
0: Yeah. So interesting. But again, don't want to talk too much about the baseball ballot, the, the overall yeah. ballot, because Mark did have an interesting. Uh, article this morning you know he posed the question who would you if the nationals were starting a hall you know they have the ring of honor which jason worth and frank robinson are part of they of course retired ryan zimmerman's number this past summer uh the first in club history um but you know other teams like you think of the yankees i believe the red sox um i think even in baltimore camden yard you know other teams have hall of fames where they honor Not you know certain players get their numbers retired, but they honor other players who contributed to the organization, the city, the the. So you know, Mark posed a question: Who, if the Nationals started a Hall of Fame, who would be in there? You know, obviously those three names come at the top of your list come come, are probably the top of the list, right? The first one's in, but who else are you adding to a to a Hall of Fame class? I mean,
1: I think I would put Ian Desmond in there, Mm -hmm. Um, and then I think there's like a whole list of names just because the nationals history is not as deep as some of these other teams but like the name you have to go to the 2019 team and then are you putting in guys like howie kendrick Mm -hmm. because they don't get to the world series they don't win a world series with howie kendrick uh so how much value do do you put in players like that that were there for one two seasons but contributing to winning a world series
0: i put my list out on Twitter at Bobby underscore blanco Amy's at Amy. James Maybe we News. should do a whole
1: podcast on this, Bobby.
0: We could do that. We, we could. could do that. I mean, we only have a couple more podcasts to do before spring training mm-hmm. starts, so we we're running we out of topics. Fun. Okay. But just all right. So should I not say mine no, then? Yeah,
1: you gotta say it. Okay. It's well all right. The, all right, then I'll run through we it, but I, get, I won't go through my reasoning. Deeper.
0: Yeah, I won't go through I won't go through my exact reasoning. Uh but this is on on my Twitter. So the obvious ones I said, like I just said, the ones that are already like, you know, you, you see their names at National Spark. And I'm not including the expos. Right. Mm-hmm. So no expos yet. Right. Um, that's a whole different conversation. Maybe that could be a part of that podcast too. Um, so the obvious ones are Ryan Zimmerman, Frank Robinson, team's first manager, yeah. uh, Jason Worth. Even though I have issue with him name, his name being on the stadium side, I, I would include him in the Hall of Fame. I don't know why that's different to me in my mind, but it is.
1: But you don't think –
0: I, I had an but, issue with them putting his name in the ring of honor. Okay. I, was like, I don't – Okay, uh, we can go through yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I would put him in the Hall of Fame.
1: Okay, yeah, yeah.
0: And I don't know, again, I don't know why those differ in well, my mind, but the they do. the Hall of Fame's
1: a much deeper list of players, you know? Sh- yeah, sure. But it's so just it's a smaller and, criteria
0: yeah. than the Ring of Honor? Right. Okay.
1: When you only have two names up there, that makes it a much yeah, bigger deal.
0: Yeah, and And we also mentioned, like, the, the Washington, D.C. Sports Hall of Fame is at Nationals Park. So this is completely separate. That includes full teams. That includes, of right. all sports, mm-hmm. this is strictly Nationals baseball. The 2019 team, you have to include... Right. there, obviously, everyone on that roster, all the coaches. Um, eventually, I mean, I don't know. I don't know if they're in right now because they're in their current positions, but eventually, you know, once the learners, if and when they sell the mm-hmm. team, the learners have to be in there. Mike Rizzo has to be in there. And then eventually Dave Martinez Dave. has to be in there too. I'm also adding former managers and coaches Davey Johnson, Dusty Baker, and then Bob Henley and Randy Knorr because of how long they've been a part of the organization and how much they've contributed. to it. I mean, okay. I, I think that's so that's not like i think bob henley and randy are perfect examples they're not ring of honor worthy but they're hall of fame worthy i yeah. mean bob henley has been with the team since its inception and he's still True. currently in. i mean that longevity with one team i think gives you um hall of fame honors and plus he was part of the coaching staff that won a world series um of the current players i'm adding steven strasberg and sean Doolittle. Stephen mm-hmm. steven strasberg you know, obviously, before the these past couple of years, because of his long-term success with the team, and you know, being a number one overall pick, and being a World Series MVP, and Sean Doolittle, you know, it's kind of similarly early success in his short time. He's one of the most accomplished relievers in this club's history, but also all the stuff he did off the field mm-hmm. as well. So I think that uh, earns him attention as a, as a Hall of Fame member. And the other former players you mentioned: Ian Desmond, uh, Gio Gonzalez, Max Scherzer, of course,
1: Gio, yep.
0: Bryce Harper. Juan Soto, Anthony Rendon, and Trey Turner. I think all of those guys have to be in. I, I know, especially with like in terms of Bryce and Soto and Rendon and Trey, majority of their careers are going to be now away from the Nationals.
1: Well, India, yeah, does that B- a f- like? Are you doing strictly? Well, that's Rendo? something we could talk about on that yeah. podcast. Yeah, but Rendo. right
0: now, I'm adding them. Yeah. I, I was like, impressed how many people said that they would include Br- on comments on um, Mark's blog uh, how much they would they would include Bryce and I mean mm-hmm. he won an MVP here, the first MVP in club history, so um, I think that's worthy. And Juan Soto helping win a World Series. I mean, this is not this is Soto, Rendon, Trey individually, not just as a part of the 2019 team right. for what they've meant to the right. team. Uh, and then you mentioned the maybe's Howie Kendrick. He has that one moment, obviously historical, uh, but it's included include just as a team, uh, Jordan Zimmerman, the first no hitter,
1: similar situation. The one I really
0: struggle with, like I want to put it in there, but I don't know if he's garners or if he's worthy. I mean, so we can talk about this uh, on our pod. Wilson Ramos, it's tough. I don't know if he absolutely deserves it. Yeah, I don't. But I was trying to think of any like all uh, those early years of success who meant a lot to those teams and Wilson Ramos was one That's of them. True. But we can go into that at a later time. And then of course I put, you know Bob Carpenter, Charlie Slows, Dave Jagler, the voice of the Nationals, mm. and then DC Washington, too. I put in.
1: Oh, yeah, I saw that. There. He has
0: to be in, right? <laughs> I mean, I like who's going to sing the most national right. anthems and the Nationals Park than DC Washington? Right. I like that. So, <laughs> DC Washington definitely, if not like a full time, an honorary member of yeah. the Nationals Hall of Fame. I like so, that. that's my list um, right now. But we, I, yeah, I like that idea. Yeah, like we, we, should. We, should, we should go we into, go into it, more in depth.
1: Into, uh, yeah.
0: Dope. So that's a good. So let's let's make a note of that. Um, and not to just pick all of our topics from Mark recently, but you know he did do a series last week of better, worse, or the same. Mm-hmm. He was a little more broad. He did position players than he did pitchers. Um, Amy and I are going to go through today, kind of position by position. So the way I've broken it down is a little further into five sections: infield defense outfield defense, overall offense, and we can go position by position in that point of mm-hmm. uh where they're getting better, starting rotation and bullpen. Um whether they are currently better, worse or the same in 2023 as they were in 2022. Now, of course, we would like to see improvement right across the board. We think that some of these offseason moves and some of these prospects with another year of big league experience you know, they will be like CJ Abrams, Luis Garcia. They will be better off uh, at the major league level than they were at the end of last season. Now we're not projecting them to, you know, be all better all across the board, contend for the playoffs, contend for the division, (laughs) nothing like that. But we would like to probably see an overall improvement of 107 losses. Yeah. And so we're trying to, we're trying to, Determine whether or not entering this spring training, entering this season, because we're again less than three weeks away, are they better off than they were at the end of last season? This is going to take a lot of more into consideration. The end of last season, um, yeah. But yeah. when I was
1: going through, I was like, oh, "Are we? Are we thinking about where they started last season? Because obviously they lost Juan Soto, so right. you know what I mean. Are you taking that into consideration?
0: Yeah, I mean, because like you know, when we compare the infield, like, are they better off at first base? I'll, I'll get into some numbers, but like that you're comparing basically Dominic Smith slash Joey Manessis to Josh Bell.
1: Right. Right. So
0: okay. I think it's going to be a lot of recency effect. I think you can take the entire 2022 season into consideration. Same thing with Juan Soto. Like is their right field better than that right now with probably Lane Thomas than Juan Soto defensively, maybe offensively, absolutely not. Right. right? So, you know, that's going to be part of the conversation So you know, when not to pick and choose what matters and what doesn't matter, but like I'm trying to yeah. think of like overall, yes, but also recency effect of where they finished last, last season and how right, they're going right. to start. Kind of, I guess, evaluating. It's hard to do this without actually seeing baseball being played, but evaluating their off season to date with spring training less than a month away.
1: Right. Okay. okay.
0: Yeah. Um, all right. So where should we start? Let's start with the infield, okay. and this is including catcher, defensive wise. Um, you know, the, the Nationals were. Overall, not just in the infield, but also the outfield. Uh, One of the worst defensive teams in all of baseball last year. They finished with a minus 39 defensive rating and minus 47 defensive runs saved as a team. Both second worst in the majors, according to fan graphs. Their ultimate zone rating was minus 8.8, which also ranked 21st in the majors. So bad defensive Mm -hmm. uh, squad last year. Now, in the infield, you add Dominic Smith at first base taking over for... uh, Josh Bell slash Luke Voight slash Joy Manessis who moves to the DH spot. Uh, You have a full season of CJ Abrams and Luis Garcia at shortstop and second base, respectively, up the middle. And Jameer Candelario will probably be your opening day starter at third base. A lot of question marks at third base, but starting at first, do we think the Nationals are better off, worse, or the same defensively at first?
1: Where they ended last season, I think they're better off now with Dominic Smith at first base. Now... When you factor in Josh Bell into that equation, that's a different conversation because obviously, you know, Josh Bell, this is a downgrade from that. But where they finish the season, Luke Voigt, especially defensively at first base, then we know Joey Manessis took over. But Dominic Smith, two outs above average, he's a good first baseman, much better first base than any other position. We expect him to play first base. They pretty much said that as their everyday first baseman. I think defensively it's an upgrade.
0: I think, so looking at the numbers, I, I agree. I, it's a slight upgrade. I think um, when you're looking at Josh Bell's numbers, he posted one defensive run saved over 103 mm-hmm. games. Um, and then obviously when he left, it took a huge drop off. Joey Manessas had minus four at first base last year. Dominic Smith at first base over the last five seasons of his career. Now I'm taking out his rookie year where he actually played a lot of innings um, at first, but he had a minus five defensive run save in his rookie year. But over the last mm-hmm. five seasons, he's been in the positive a net of two defensive run saved. So by the numbers, I think that is an upgrade because I mean, Joey Manessis and Luke Voigt were also true first basemen, but Dominic Smith has been an everyday right. first baseman before um, on a good team with the Mets. Of course, you know, Pete Alonso kind of edged it. him out right there because uh, you're not going to bench Pete, Pete Alonso or move in the DH spot, which wasn't an option for a long time. So compared to Josh Bell, I'm going to say it's probably closer to the same. Mm-hmm. But com- Dominic Smith is better than Joey Manessis and Luke Voigt were at first base. So I think overall it's going to be similar but if you're looking at just the end of the season, it's going to be an improvement.
1: Yeah, I, I would much rather see Dominic Smith at first base every day than I would definitely over Luke Voigt, but over Joey Manessas as well. And I, offense, of course, factors into that. We're just doing defense right now. But of course, when you, you look at offense, that's going to factor into whether they're better or worse at that position. But I would say a slight upgrade. Yeah, and if you, and
0: if you want to jump ahead and, and include offense right now, I would think you, you, know, you could probably get similar productions in terms of maybe not average and you know slugging and stuff like that, but like home runs and maybe RBIs maybe runs scored between Dominic Smith and Joey Manesis compared to Josh Bell last year Josh Bell I believe finished his Nationals time last year with less than 20 homers so you would hope that combined between those two guys you would get closer to 20 plus homers between those two so Maybe you're getting the same production, hopefully a little bit better between two guys versus Josh Bell. Uh, but also, you're hopefully getting better because Luke Voigt didn't do too much for you offensively either at the end of the season, right. even after he moved to DH. So you're hoping that Joey Manessa's tear continues his improvement over – DH slash backup first baseman and Dominic Smith kind of goes back to a form he used to have early in his career. Right,
1: exactly. And then moving over to the middle infield, these are two guys that they didn't add to the team, but two guys that kind of moving Luis Garcia over to second base to start the season um, compared to having Cesar Hernandez be your starting second baseman opening day last year and then getting C.J. Abrams in at shortstop is going to be a huge um defensive Mm -hmm. improvement Um, we know Luis Garcia was not great at shortstop a minus 17 defensive runs saved minus 13 outs above average and his 59 games at shortstop compared to three defensive runs saved and one out above average uh, once he moved over to second base full-time um, you saw them click towards the end of the season, 25 uh, double plays in the month of September, um, the highest of any month. So that you definitely saw those two click towards the end of the season. That is going to be a huge upgrade.
0: It's going to be funny and interesting throughout the course of the season and their time together, but like it's going to be hard to talk about one, not the other right. uh, because of how they've came into these positions. Of yeah. course, CJ Abrams being part of the Juan Soto trade, Luis Garcia, you know, tried to become that shortstop of the future couldn't do it gets bumped back to second base and we see an immediate improvement and i was like okay he belongs at second so you know you mentioned how that how they finished 25 double plays turned at the end of the month or the last month of the season they're most of any month of the season uh, which is good you know they also are going to have out this pitching staff because when this switch made was made you know uh, opponents were averaging only 287 on batted balls into the infield. So uh, that was a huge improvement to from 320 earlier in the year. So they are, you know, CJ Abrams is a much better uh, shortstop. Luis Garcia is a much better second baseman. Now I don't believe CJ Abrams overall numbers at short defensively, his metrics weren't outstanding in that short amount of time, but he can, I believe become at least a replacement above replacement player type of Shortstop at defense, especially defense, if not at sometimes elite.
1: Right. I mean, we talked about when the Nationals called him up. How maybe in most other organizations he probably wouldn't have made the major league team by the end of last season. Um, not that the Nationals rushed him, but it, right. you know it didn't make sense to hold him back. Why not? Be able to, we'll move him up. Luis Garcia can move over to second, and you see the result. So you saw the growth just in the short time that he was with the Nationals mm-hmm. last year, and I think that that's going to improve, and he's going to improve him as, at the plate as well. Um You're going to see, you're going to hope to get more power out of Luis Garcia that, than you've gotten this year, and CJ Abrams will hopefully make strides at the plate because he didn't have great offensive numbers either. But mm-hmm. you saw the growth, yeah. um, so that factors into it as well.
0: So I think up the middle, we both agree that it's going to be. Better. better, and not just better, but I think significantly better. Mm-hmm. Um, we saw it trending that way toward the end of the season. No reason to expect anything different, that they're going to keep moving in that direction uh, once we hit spring training and the season starts this year. All right, before we get to third base, let's go to the backstop real quick. KB uh, Ruiz showed great improvement last year behind the plate, especially with his arm. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot of question marks coming out of spring training 2022, whether or not he could throw runners out and keep runners on first. And, you know, I think he was second in the league in uh, caught stealing, um, throwing runners out. And especially, he, you know, he developed that rapport with Josh Bell early in the season of uh, picking off guys at first base, too. So I think Caber Ruiz made huge strides behind the plate. It's more of a question mark of his offense, uh, but I, th- I would expect him to continue in that direction, that trajectory behind the plate, uh, playing defensively. The question will be also his backup, you know. Ken Riley, Riley Adams was not as good defensively. Uh, he's a much bigger target. He's much slower out of his jump. Um, the arm strength is there, but he did not throw a lot of runners out. I would expect the Nationals, and I do this every year, but them to bring in a veteran backstop into spring training on a minor league deal, help these guys, maybe make the team as the backup. Maybe you can send Riley Adams down to AAA to start the season. Riley Adams also has... Been taking reps at first base, could be a backup first baseman, but I think you're going to look at a slightly better improvement behind the plate only because I basically. Ruiz. Yeah. I, I believe he's just going to be get, increasingly get better.
1: Yeah. If you're looking at just Caper Ruiz, I think he's going to continue to make strides this year. You saw it last year. Um, I think that definitely is, he has the potential to be better in 2023. I think the big question mark is the backup is Riley Adams. We know he didn't last on the nationals all of last year, played get spend time at N triple a out amount in first base, the outfield. So I think that's a big question mark. You have trace Pereira, Israel Pineda, um, I think it's going to be a matter of what those guys do, both behind the plate and offensively. We know uh, Riley Adams struggles to hit as well. So I think it's going to be those backup questions. That's the big question mark on whether they can improve at the catcher position.
0: Richard mentioned Tres Pereira. Remember, he signed a minor league deal with the Cardinals last year, week, and he had a nice post saying thanking the Nationals organization and the community. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's going to be a big drop-off of K-Bear, Riley, and then like Israel Pineda. Gonna- yeah, yep. and I think that's why you need to bring in yep. some kind of veteran. Even if he doesn't make the team, you need someone in camp to help these guys. Mm-hmm. Henry Blanco can only do uh, so much as a, as a backup coach, uh, backstop coach. Now, the big question mark in the infield for me is definitely third base. Um, you bring in Jameer Candelario. At the time of the signing, you're thinking he's more of a versatility guy. can play both third base, first base, backup DH, whatever. Then, of course, the Dominic Smith signing kind of solidifies him. At the hot corner where he's not been very good defensively over his career. He has a minus 19 defensive run saved at third base over his career. That's inflated by a minus 8 in 2017 and a minus 11 in 2018. Even if you take those away, he's still at a net zero mm-hmm. at third base. So he's you're bringing him for a switch hitting ability and versatility across the infield. I don't know if you're necessarily bringing him in to be that strong defensive player at third base but behind him i mean it's just even more question marks you know can carter kibum rebound from his injury will he get be able to play def- uh, strong defense. He has a career minus four at the hot corner. Uh, defensive run saved. So I-, I think third base is a huge question mark and you know it really makes you miss a type of player like an Anthony Rendon who you knew was going to give you plus defense every single time out.
1: Yeah, the the defensive numbers for Jamer Candelario at third are a little bit shaky, uh, but let's not forget who was playing there before and Michael Franco mm-hmm. who had a minus 10 defensive run saved at third base and then offensively just put up a 597 OPS so <laughs> I know you know you're hoping Jamer Candelario can bounce back but even his 633 OPS last year was better than Franco and then you go back to to just a few years before that significantly better so the offense factors into that as well you just hope he can kind of hold down the
0: four at third if you're watching on Facebook and YouTube going back to that uh, defensive graphic if you notice on the bench Ildemar Vargas is your backup utility right. infielder and for what it's worth, he had. Eight defensive runs saved in 43 games at third base last year. So that's a huge improvement. That's someone who can you, you can put in. Now, his offensive numbers weren't as great, but he can play defense better. And, yeah, I think you're right. If you're looking at Franco, I believe Cesar Hernandez got a couple reps there, too, before Vargas came on the yeah. scene. When you're looking at the guys who were playing third base last year, especially Hussan's Carter Kiboum, I think, yeah, Candelario is an improvement. It's a slight improvement, but it it is still an improvement. And you have solid backup in Vargas right there, if need be.
1: Right. So, you know, Dominic Smith and Jamer Candelario aren't the – Biggest upgrades, obviously. Um, But I think overall, I feel comfortable saying that the infield defense will improve uh, just because of the young guys. You're hoping Caber Ruiz steps up. Um, You're hoping Luis Garcia and CJ Abrams both continue to improve now that they're in their better true positions. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it's a matter of the young guys making improvements, which is why I think they're going to be better defensively in the infield this year.
0: Right. And I agree. And like, We talk all the time up the middle of the field, catcher, second base, shortstop. If they're playing solid, I think everything else kind of falls into place. You need replacement level if not slightly better at third base and uh first base you mentioned vargas being able to back up multiple infielders and he's a solid defender so yeah i think in the infield we're gonna see slightly better if not definitely better defense uh for the nationals this year uh with their additions and the growth of you mentioned the three young guys mm-hmm. in Ruiz, abrams and garcia all right the outfield um It's a little tricky because obviously only three spots can only grow so much, and two of the three guys are coming back. Uh, Victor Robles at center field. Remember, he was a gold glove finalist, so that's defensively. You're at least getting the same, hopefully, if not, maybe even better. Uh, Lane Thomas moved to right field late in the season and showed a significant improvement defensively out there. I would say he's better defensively than Juan Soto, like I mentioned earlier, but not offensively, of course. So that's a kind of a toss-up right there. If you are getting better, and then Corey Dickerson, I mean, an aging veteran, you are bringing him in for veteran leadership and his bat, but defensively, he's been really struggling as of late in his career. I, it's a it's tough because really only comparing three guys. You have Alex Call on your bench probably to start the season. I don't know how much they've improved right here. I would say at best they're probably going to be the same.
1: Yeah, I almost want to say, defensively they're going to be worse. Really, just because I, I defensively, I mean, Corey Dickerson's kind of an upgrade from Lane Thomas in left field. Um, a minus one point three ultimate zone rating, minus three defensive run saves compared to Thomas's minus four defensive run saves in, in left field. Um, So I guess a slight improvement from Lane playing in left, but he's probably not going to play a whole bunch of games against lefties. So then where does that leave you? Is it going to be Alex Call or is it going to be Stone Garrett? Um, There's been a huge drop-off in Corey Dickerson's defense after his 2018 Gold Glove season. So that kind of concerns me because I don't think that's a huge upgrade. I guess the argument could be moving Lane Thomas to right field was an upgrade defensively. And then you're expecting Victor Robles probably to do so have a similar season defensively. So I almost want to say they got worse defensively.
0: Dickerson has posted negative defensive runs each of the last four seasons mm-hmm. since that Gold Glove year. And if we're looking at who did play a majority of left field last year for the Nationals, Dickerson's numbers are pretty much the same, if not worse, mm-hmm. than Yadiel Hernandez. You mentioned Lane Thomas, Alex Call, and even Cesar Hernandez who played a little bit out left field near the end of the season. So yeah, that might be a drop off right there. You would hope Robles last year. Robles was an improvement defensively because he bounced back from a tough 2020, 2021 years. Of course the gold glove finalists. And then yeah, lane Thomas moving full time to right field. You know, when he would join the hot stove show a month ago, he said he believes that's going to be an upgrade for him. And just knowing the position he's comfortable doing all three, but yes, being in the same position every single time will be helpful for him. So yeah, it is. it is tough to say. I, I I don't think they're going to be better. I think it's at the best. They're going to be pretty much the same. Um, Maybe you get slightly better defense from Dickerson than he has shown in the past. Um, But I think they're going to be the same. And then offensively, I mean, you know, Blaine Thomas was the Nationals player of the year. Victor Robles really has only one place to go but up. And Dickerson, you're hoping he gets close to maybe his career average. Um, and none of that really compares to, you know, the all-star season that Juan Soto was having last year. And then, you know, pretty much the limited to no production they had, especially when Joey Manessas moved full-time to first baser right. DH, you're not counting his offensive production when he was playing in the outfield. So, yeah, I think they can really only go up offensively um, because Juan Soto's no longer here.
1: Right. I and mean, they were bad. <laughs> right. You look at Corey Dickerson's numbers, definitely – Not really an upgrade offensively, but still a 698 OPS last year would have still been fourth among players that were on the nationals by the end of the season. So maybe you're kind of getting the same where you left last season. You're probably getting the same offensive production Maybe you could say out of the outfield But then when you look back even further Think about how they started with Juan Soto in the outfield and that makes a big difference.
0: Yeah Um, and then Moving over to overall offense, I know we touched a little bit offensively there, but to talking, I guess this is, could be mostly DH, designated hitter. Again, pretty much can only go up because of, you know, how unfortunately bad oh, Nelson, Cruz. Nelson Cruz was <laughs> last year. 472 OPS, um, well below his career marks in 111 plate appearances as a designated hitter. Joey Meneses, it's a question mark, right? It's the lingering question. Can he sustain his success last year into this year? He's going to play for the Mexican national team in the world baseball classic. How much does that set him back from his, you know, regular spring training work and the start of the season. But I believe some rotation of Manessis, Smith, Candelario, maybe Vargas, but unlikely. And then like maybe Riley Adams um, and maybe even K bear on days. He needs, you know, he can hit, but doesn't you know, doesn't have to catch. I think that might be, has to be an improvement, right? Like, they, they're they going to be better at DH this year one way or another.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, even if Joey Manessis, he's not going to repeat what he did last year. It's right, you're not going to. 324 you know, over
0: he, the course of a whole exactly season. Exactly,
1: over a whole season. It's impossible. But you hope he can still be productive and yeah. be close to, you know, an above-average hitter, and anything is going to be better than what you got out of Nelson Cruz at DH. So even, you know, Joey Manessis, your everyday DH, but then... Uh, (laughs) rotating in some of those other guys, I think there's no way that you can't improve at DH.
0: It would be interesting to kind of analyze, you know, how because right now, I mean, Joey Manessas is probably going to be their full-time DH, but you would have to imagine it's going to be some kind of a rotating door especially if Manessas struggles early. Like again, I mean, I love the World Baseball Classic. I love when players can go play for their countries, but I do believe—I mean, the last time it happened, 2017—like Max Scherzer was. I mean, Max Scherzer to participate, but he had an injury. But like, players struggle. It's just right. like it kind of throws you off from your normal routine. Um, so you know, I, I think like those numbers we just saw for Manessis. You know, I don't believe that 3.24 average is going to stick, but may I don't think that on base percentage is going to stick. I mean, he did take a good amount of walks. He did show a lot of patience at the plate, but maybe he can get that slugging percentage a little bit around 500-ish, maybe below 450-ish, yep. um, and have that OPS around 800, 850, I think that could be sustainable throughout the course of the year, even though if you don't get the average and maybe on base, as we saw over two months last year.
1: Right. So then when you're looking overall offensively, do you think that that lineup, you just saw the graphic, if you're watching live, is an improvement from last year?
0: I mean, looking at overall I mean, I, I don't want to sound too optimistic or like, you know, too ho-hum go nationals, but like I, you got to think that Ruiz has a better offensive year this year. CJ Abrams, while I'm not expecting, you know, rookie of the year aspirations, but like, you know, ha- improves at the play. We saw some improvement, especially in September last year from him. Um, so maybe he finally finds his swing. We know Garcia can hit. It's just a matter of him being streaky. Um but then you look at guys like, you know, I think Lane Thomas is Lane Thomas, and that's nothing against him. But, like, you know, you're not going to get a high average room. You could maybe get around 20 homers if you catch a couple of fastballs. Uh, I don't think you're going to expect a lot from Corey Dickerson. I don't think you can expect a lot, honestly, from Jamer Candelario. Dominic Smith is a question mark. And, and Victor Robles. I mean, he's probably the biggest one of them all. And we've been saying this offseason after offseason for the past three or four years. I just don't think it's realistic. So I think... Overall, I would say – now, again, they were also one of the worst offenses, especially in power numbers last year.
1: Oh, yeah,
0: I would hope – it's so hard to compare because, right, you know, you take Juan Soto and Josh Bell, but mostly Juan Soto off this lineup, it's like there's no way they can be better, right, than the majority they were last year.
1: Yeah, if, if you're looking at the opening day lineup, yeah. there's this is a huge drop-off, obviously. But if you're looking at the lineup the last week of the season – i think it comes or even month even month of the season i think it comes down to whether these young guys will make strides this year and be better which i think each one of them are i think cj abrams is going to hit better i think luis garcia is going to hit better and i think Gabriel Ruiz is going to hit better so i think that's what it comes down to because i mean jamer candelario Corey Dick- dickerson dominic smith are all slight upgrades if you're looking at michael franco or uh Ildemar Vargas at the end of the season or Cesar Hernandez um, or, or Luke, Luke Voigt, Voigt yeah. offensively. I mean, they're all slight upgrades, but none of those guys you look at and you say, oh, wow, this improved, this significantly improved offense. Yeah. So I think you can expect them to be slightly better, um, but it comes down to those guys that were already with the team, the young guys making improvements. So
0: 2023 April Nationals will not be better than 2022 April Nationals, but they will be better than 2022 Two. September yes. Nationals.
1: I think so. I think
0: that's a good, I think that's a fair way to look at it too as well. Okay, uh, moving on to the pitching staff. Now, the starting rotation, obviously, for the way this team likes to build, Mike Woods likes to build this team, big question marks. It's going to look vastly different than we, I mean, and which is a good thing. I think fans are ready to see some of these young pitchers take take you know their spots in the rotation and make starts every five days. You know, gone are the days of you know Scherzer, Strasburg, Corbin, um, you know, and then filling out that rotation of a power three, maybe even sometimes power four guys. Now it's going to be Corbin, who we'll get to in a minute, but then also Josiah Gray, uh, Mackenzie Gore, Kay Cavalli, and then this offseason signing of Trevor Williams to fill it out. Um, compared to last year, you know, no Strasburg beginning of last year not expecting Strasburg at the beginning of this year you know can Patrick Corbin
1: (laughs) he has to be better it's impossible you can't he couldn't be worse right you're right
0: I I think we said that last year though right (laughs) and it was kind of I think Patrick Corbin's gonna be pretty much the same I'm not gonna say he's gonna get worse but I don't like it's just it's just unrealistic to expect a dramatic improvement now any form of improvement would be better right Yes. Right. So you'll take that, but I don't think it's realistic to expect him to be back immediately to 2019 Patrick Corbin.
1: And you're banking on, you know, looking at this rotation. It's, it's I think it's going to be better just because you have a set rotation. Whereas this going into last season? I mean, but you're putting so much, you're banking on Kate Cavalli. Yeah who you haven't gotten to see at the major league level, Mackenzie gore, who have, you haven't gotten to see since he's been in this organization, yep, Josiah Gray, another young pitcher, obviously pitched a lot more for the nationals just finished his first got, full season, but, but still young and then Patrick Corbin, and I don't Trevor Williams, I don't think makes this rotation any better. Um, I don't even know that we're going to see him in the rotation by the end of the season. You I don't think, think so. I think he'll end up in the bullpen. wow. I just his numbers are just so much better as a reliever. I mean, if he if Trevor Williams can can stick in this rotation and pitch every five days, that's all the Nationals could ask of him. I I just don't see that happening. And then you're you're also banking on these guys to stay healthy, which they haven't been able to do.
0: Right. I think Trevor Williams is going to be a better number five starter than say like you know Apollo, Apollo Spino, Right. Um, I mean, I'm trying to think of who was like last year's rotation was Corbin Gray, Fetty who were the bottom two. Mm-hmm.
1: And then you you have the rotating of you know, rotation I, well, of how many guys. I guess, I guess Anibal guys? Sanchez late
0: in the season. Yeah. Paulo Espino made 19 starts. Um, Johanna Don, I guess, started the season in the rotation, then was optioned down to AAA, never came back. Um, actually, I think he technically did come back, but then was sent right back down mm-hmm. for emergency start. Aaron Sanchez only made seven starts at the beginning. Like, the last year, the back end of the rotation was kind of like, you know, mix and match and, you know, put a bandaid over it and try to get through exactly, until, yeah. you know, and they were hoping they would get Strasburg back healthy. They were hoping they would get Anibal Sanchez back healthy. Um, and that never really came to fruition, at least for Anibal, not until late in the season. So I think you're right in, in terms of actually having a five-man rotation. They're better off this year than last year because, you know, the only ones who made consistent starts were Fetty, Gray and Corbin, right. and now you're going to have five guys who, and I mean, you, you, maybe you only think four, but who are going to make probably at least 25 starts.
1: Yoan Doan, Andy Ball Sanchez, and Aaron Sanchez combined for an 8-21 and 21 record, a 615 ERA, and a 1.5 whip.
0: Oh, no. So, so that <laughs> 615 ERA is better than Patrick Corbin's 631.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that is true. Um, but if you look at that, those guys who made the, the most starts in that number five starter role, anything's really an upgrade from that.
0: Yeah. I think it's going to be hard to project Cavalli and Gore, what they're going to be able to contribute. Cause you know, we haven't seen either of them make extended stints in the majors. I think last year was, and even got cut short. Well, I guess 2021 too, but last year was Cavalli's first full season at a high level. Of pitching, he spent most of the year at Triple A before his debut, and then his season was cut short. Um, More as the year prior, he was going up different ranks. You know, he was torturing Low A ball, then Single A ball, and then Double A ball. So I think it's hard to project what he's going to do at the majors. I think Josiah Gray, we can probably project a slight improvement over his 502 ERA and 136 WHIP. Um, But I mean, last year was his the most he's ever pitched in a single season or at least he has in a long time and definitely at the major league level, 148 plus innings. Um, so I think we can expect a slight improvement from Josiah. I don't really know if we can put an exact, uh, prediction on right. Cavalli and, and Gore just cause we, we haven't seen them. Um, but I think what you're planning on, and this is never the case, right? Especially with Gore and Cavalli coming back from injuries, but that Corbin gray, Cavalli and Gore all stay mostly healthy and can make you twenty five starts. If that happens, then I think it's an improvement. Right. I think they're better off. Like
1: in theory, I would rather see McKenzie Gore than Eric Fetty.
0: One hundred percent. In theory, I'd
1: rather see Kate Cavalli than Paulo Espina, 100%. you know, making starts. It's just that those guys are such big question marks because you don't know what to expect. Yeah. Um and so in theory, all of those guys it's it, it should be a better rotation than mm-hmm. it was last year. Um, it almost kind of has to be a better rotation than it was last year. It just comes down to those young guys in the fact that they're question marks and it's really hard to predict.
0: And so you're, I'm higher on Trevor Williams than you I are. Think you so, don't yeah. think he's going to make it in the rotation um, throughout the full season, do you? I don't think so. Okay. So looking at his numbers, yeah. Um, but then
1: that's also, he's taking the spot of that combination of, you know, all of those guys, Joanna <laughs> Doe and Paulo Spino, Annie Sanchez aaron sanchez um and that he has to be better than that right so maybe he will
0: um just looking at his he's got a 433 era as a starter in his career doing some quick math in my MLB.com just (laughs) exploded (laughs) um but that would put him let's see look at starters if i can organize by starters um I mean, that he'd be one of the better starters from yeah. last year. I mean, only Anibal in 14 starts had a better ERA. Um, and then everyone else who made more starts than him had a way higher ERA. So I, I think he's an upgrade as the number five starter over Adon, Sanchez, Sanchez, um, Tetro. Uh, Josh Rogers made, a, made three starts. Evan Lee. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think that's an improvement. And I think he's a legit. Number five. Like, he's a legit yeah. starting pitcher, whereas...
1: They didn't have a number five last year. Right.
0: And they were trying to patch it together mm-hmm. through an unproven Adon, um, a hurt Annie Wall Sanchez, a aging Aaron Sanchez, um, and then two rookies that ended up getting hurt and not finishing out the season. Right. So I think... Overall. Overall, he has to be an upgrade. Mm-hmm. Like, just on paper, he's an upgrade. Now... Whether or not he finishes the season in the rotation, I think that could be up for debate. Sure, but as going into this season, he, I think by himself, he makes this rotation just better.
1: And then than where we were at this point
0: last year, or at the end of last year, right.
1: And even if you get the same thing out of Patrick Corbin that you you did last year.
0: At least there's no surprises.
1: Yeah, at least you wouldn't be surprised. Um, I think Josiah Gray is going to get better. Yeah. Um, You know, that was just his his first full season. Mm -hmm. So I think you can expect more out of him. And then if you get the Cade Cavalli and Mackenzie Gore, that is expected, then this rotation is definitely better. They're just question marks.
0: Yeah. I I think if you get, I mean, like, even if Cavalli and McGore post ERAs, like, above, like, if not bordering five, as long as they make like 25 starts, Mm -hmm. right? One, show that they're healthy. Two, get some significant extended big league experience. That's a positive step in the right direction for both of them. And I think you'll take that as as the Nationals. Um, Real quick, I know that uh, baseball reference sometimes puts up like their projections for their season. Mm -hmm. Um, But I'm not seeing it right now, so we don't have to worry about that right now. Um, But overall, I think the rotation is better better than last year. I think so too. Um,
1: the bullpen which was surprisingly the bright spot in mm-hmm. 2022 will they be better worse or the same? I I'm going to say the same or worse. Ooh. Only because I think you got more out of some of these guys than you can expect to get in 2023. I don't think that, you know, they're worse because they lost any big arms. I just think they're worse because I think some of those guys that they relied upon quite a bit aren't going to duplicate their seasons. So.
0: Yeah, I think that's fair. I mean, I think... I think you can expect the same from Kyle Finnegan. So I was going to say... Carl like Ky-
1: Edwards Jr. Do you think you're right. going to get the same season that you did? I don't think you can expect that.
0: I don't think you can expect it, but I don't think it's going to be a huge drop-off either. I uh-huh. think he's. I mean, he was... Really good last year. I think he can still be pretty good this year, mm-hmm. right? And maybe even actually become a, a trade piece, right? At the because I think he just went through his last year of arbitration, right? So he'll be a free agent after this season, anyways. um I'm looking at this as like you're bringing basically everyone back, and I understand that that doesn't necessarily mean you're always going to be the exact same, but you're bringing basically everyone back, and then you're going to add probably if they're healthy. Sean Doolittle and Tanner Rainey at some point. Doolittle may be out of camp and Rainey at some point at the end of the second half of last season. I know that's big ifs if they're healthy or not, but I think that extended period of them pitching throughout the course of the season, you know, even if just Sean's case, he only think, got, what, six outings last year before he went down. But so if you get extended period, I, I think that's, you're, you're better.
1: Right, I mean, it I might not
0: be a significant improvement, but I still think it's an yeah, improvement. Yeah, I
1: would say, I mean, definitely with getting Tanner Rainey back, that's going to be an improvement. Sean Doolittle, it's kind of hard definitely to a tell mark, what yeah. you're going to get, um, both health-wise and performance-wise. Um, in theory, if he can come back and stay healthy, you're going to get. I mean, that is an improvement. Right. But overall, I just don't. And then, can you expect the same thing out of Erasmo Ramirez? Um, yeah. Those type of guys. I just don't know if they can duplicate their performance.
0: The National Shore after they're bringing him back, he was a pitcher of the year bringing him back mm-hmm. on another on a new deal. Um can you expect the same thing from Andres Machado getting yeah. Paulo Espino be that, you know, bridge guy, long-term relief guy. I mean, I think we've pro- he's proven that he can be, but it's like how much more time does he have like, you know, to be a, a, a impact pitcher.
1: And then really the only arm that they added was that Ward who they right. got in the Rule 5 draft and um, you know, time will tell whether he sticks with the organization for the whole year. He might, you know, be a solid addition if he's able to stick with the team. That's a, just a question mark. So it's kind of hard to tell. So no real additions in the bullpen, which is why I think you're just counting on them to duplicate a rather impressive performance throughout all of 2022. I think you can probably project them to be the same or slightly worse.
0: Okay. I'll go same slightly better just okay. to play devil's advocate because I'm going to bank on – do being healthy and Rainey coming back. Um, and Thad, you mentioned Thad Ward. I, I honestly had forgotten about him in this conversation, but you know, we talked about when they drafted him in the number one pick in the rule five draft, like that's a guy you're expecting to stick. If you're taking him number one overall in the rule five drafts, you know, he has to stay on the roster the entire season. You're expecting him to stick. You Ideally, you know, if you're picking later in the round, maybe not, but ideally you're not offering him back for any reason.
1: Right, and right now, you don't expect him to make starts for any reason, but no. he can start. So True. let's say Trevor Williams doesn't work out or there's going to be injuries throughout the season. True. He's the guy that could make a spot start in theory um, if the Nationals can stretch him out.
0: The other interesting thing uh, is that for the, at least pitching-wise, they don't have a, a lot of depth in either. You know, Tatro, Evan Lee, oh, Adon right. are all question marks in terms of backing up the rotation at the AAA level. And then there are like maybe like only one or two guys that you would maybe bring up from the AAA level to back up as a, I mean, it's going to be kind of a revolving door. You got Mason Thompson as well in there somewhere. Um, but I, I wouldn't, wouldn't be surprised if he started at Rochester instead of the major league roster, but there's not a lot of, if, you know, if, if we you know, we're kind of hoping that these are all better improvements or they're better than last mm-hmm. year, but if, one part. I mean, no one's going to be healthy through the entire season, but if one part slips off a little bit, falls off, there's not a lot of depth at the upper levels of the minor leagues. Healthy, you know, coming in with a healthy track record that they can call upon to to fill that role, right, or and, any role. And
1: Mason Thompson's another guy that could eventually make starts for this team in True. theory. I think David Martinez said he, you know, it was open to to start, to trying him out in that role. Um, But, yeah, just not a whole lot of depth either way.
0: Yeah, they wanted him to get used to pitching multiple innings Mm -hmm. at the end of the season to be used as a long reliever or even opener type. Um, I do believe Davies at the end of the season they want to keep him in that reliever role, Mm -hmm. but are, like you said, open to the idea of maybe him starting. Piggybacking. And and piggybacking. Right. You know, that could be a Paul day. Because, again, Cavalli, Cavalli, Gore maybe even Williams and probably probably great. They're not going to make 30 starts. So you're going to need to right. so be and
1: there's going to be injuries that it, it happens. It happens to every team every year. Right. So but
0: we also saw with David in the last year, he liked to spread out Josiah Gray starts. So giving each of them extra rest, that means a bullpen to enter Mason Thompson and Pablo Espino.
1: And but it in those situations, you need depth. True. And so
0: and it's, it's, it's kind of hard. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of hard. But I mean, not Corey Abbott's another one we didn't mention that could possibly fill that role too. Um, but yeah, I mean, they're going to have to figure it out. I mean, this 40-man roster is, of course, going to be shrunk on the 26th by opening day. So um, all, all these guys can't make it. And then the guys who don't will then provide that depth. But then at the same time, it's not like there are significant improvements. Right. They're, they're capable, maybe, but not yeah. improvements.
1: So overall, defensively in the infield, I think improvement defensively in the outfield. I think they're going to be, I'm going to go worse. Offense. I think is going to be slightly better because I think we
0: said slightly better than the end of the season, but not the same as the beginning of the season.
1: Way worse than they started 2022. Uh, I think the rotation is going to be better.
0: Can only be better. Right.
1: Right. And I, I'm going to go bullpen same slightly worse.
0: I'm going to go same slightly better. Okay. Maybe the, that's the optimistic in me, mean, maybe. Yeah. Well, coming with what you think <laughs> on Facebook, yeah. YouTube, um, on the SoundCloud chat, wherever you listen to the podcast, be sure to leave comments and think of where you think the Nationals got better, maybe got worse, hopefully not, or maybe it just stayed the same over this offseason. Again, less than a month away from the start of spring training. West Palm Beach, here we come. Mark Zuckerman will be down there, of course, throughout the course of the month. I'll go down for a, a week covering for him. A lot of minor league stuff from their camp coming out as well. So, exciting time. The weather hopefully will warm up soon because it's freezing today. Um, And then, you know, we're down to... I always... I don't know about you, but I always, like, think of it in terms of the football schedule. So, like, we got conference championships this weekend, a week off and then the Super Bowl, and then right after that, spring training. I
1: know. I was thinking about that. I was like, what am I going to watch for that, like, little month in between? But you have spring training, so...
0: Yeah. Oh, well, you mean, like, a month in between... After uh,
1: after football.
0: In March Madness. Right. Yeah.
1: I, like, I'm not... As into college basketball as I usually am, I don't know why. Maybe because the Terps are like
0: you're not a big Kevin
1: maybe, Willard hip fan. I'm, I'm excited. I think the team's exciting. I watch them, but I'm just not as into it in into it as I like maybe Maryland, but college basketball as a whole. So maybe that's I'll, I'll amp it up for when football's over when I'm waiting for baseball.
0: You gotta follow the Caps. Yeah, Ovi's chasing um, the great one. Follow him. He scored last night. There we go. You gotta follow him. So, yeah, no, it's exciting. Less than three weeks away. Getting Can't close. wait. Um, be sure to follow along the Mass and All Access podcast and the, Ma- the Hot Stove Show for the next couple of weeks as we lead up to pitchers and catchers reporting to West Palm Beach. At Amy Jennings News on Twitter for Amy, I'm at Bobby underscore Blanco at and Nationals across the board. Shout out to Brent Mortensen for producing this show behind the scenes and we'll be back next week live once again on the Mass Nationals Facebook page and YouTube channel one o'clock on Wednesday. We hope to see you then and the mass National oh, Master and All Access podcast is brought to you by Toyota for legendary safety and reliability. Choose Toyota and let's go places.